welcome to the Creating Ripples podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Zahner. I believe in the power of sharing our experiences and knowledge with others, and when we do, we are creating ripples of impact around us. Each week, get ready for intimate personal shares, honest, relatable conversations, aha moments, and so much more. This space was designed to create empowerment, inspiration, community, and provide guidance to elevate those around us. I am so excited to have you here. Get ready and let's start creating ripples. Hello, welcome to the Creating Ripples podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Zahner, and today I'm chatting with Brooke Nicolotti. She is the creator behind Brooklyn's Bites, and I'm super excited to have her on the podcast. Fun fact about Brooke, she used to be an employee of mine on my team at Alchemy Highland Park two years ago now, maybe two and a half, so it's been a little while, and now um, she's launched she had launched at the time Brooklyn's Bites but now it's like blowing up she passed 5,000 and now 6,000 and it's really fun getting to see all the work that she's been able to accomplish with um, something that she's so passionate about so Brooke I'd love for you to tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and your story yeah for sure well thanks for having me I know it feels like so long ago that I was at Alchemy but also at the same time like it was yesterday um I grew up in La Crosse, Wisconsin, and I moved to Minneapolis to go to school at the University of St. Thomas, Um, and I graduated in 2019, so I've been out of school for about two years now, and I started at the University of St. Thomas wanting to go into dietetics, so I was pretty confident I was going the medical route of nutrition. I've grown up really always loving being in the kitchen with my mom and just developing my own recipes on my own all throughout middle school and high school. Um, And so I knew nutrition was a huge passion of mine. And um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with it, but I knew I wanted that to be the center of what I was doing. And so I got into, gosh, I was doing dietetics for my freshman and sophomore year and St. Thomas didn't have a dietetics program. And so um, I had to transfer to the U of M the spring semester of my junior year. Um, And that's kind of where I got into the meat of all the courses and um, started doing some internships. And I just realized I didn't love it, which was really hard for me as someone who's super type A, um, thought I really wanted to go and become a registered dietitian. And my second semester, my junior year, just knew that's not what I wanted to be doing. And I kind of had a moment where I had to step back and really think about what I was passionate about. And something that I've always really loved doing is finding new products um, and trying them out and kind of researching all the back ends of health trends. And so I was walking through the aisles of Whole Foods one day and there was this little pop out that said a women owned business in Minneapolis. And it was these granola clusters called Whole Me. Um, and I was like, gosh, that would be so cool to work for a small health food company and just kind of see what that would look like as a career path. And so um, they didn't even have an email on their website. And I went to Instagram and I cold like DM them just saying, hey, like I really want experience working for a health food company. Are you looking for an intern? Um, And so they hired me on as a sales intern. It was just me, the two owners, and then a marketing coordinator. And so I got a really good picture of what it looked like to work for a small business in the health food space. Um, And through that opportunity, I eventually ended up working for a couple other small food companies and loved working for small businesses, but I knew I wanted a little bit more stability going out of college. So I switched my major from dietetics to just a nutrition major, um, nutrition science degree with a business minor. And so um, did a little bit of research and decided I wanted to go into a bigger company, ended up getting a job at Target. And now that's where I am now. So yeah, worked at Alchemy in between there. I was a huge fan of Alchemy and then such a big fan that I just started working there. Um, So that was a big part of my life in college too. Yeah. You were, uh, started as an ambassador, right? One of our first rounds of ambassadors. Yeah. So crazy to think about. I know it feels, it feels like so long ago. I feel like because the year 2020, I feel like felt like it was like five, six years long almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love your story. Cause I have, you and I had talked about that a little bit before just from getting to work together. And I think what is so cool is it's really easy. I think in college to lose sight of your passions and following your passions and what you really want to do, because 
there can be a lot of pressure around going into a career path, maybe based on finances and how much money you're going to make. But I think it's so important, even if you're not in college and you're well beyond like reassessing if you're in a career that fills you up, because I think at the end of the day, that's going to bring you so much more joy than how much money you're making. And when you worked at Whole Me and you were that sale, the sales intern, what types of things did you learn in terms of creating your own business with Brooklyn's Bites? Yeah. And that is actually my job at Whole Me was a huge pivotal point in my life. Um, like you were saying, I totally could have just taken the easy, not the easy route, but um, not wanted to resist against what I really wanted to do and just continued my college degree in dietetics and just try it, see if I was unhappy and then decide from there. Um, and I, like I said, super type A, always really organized and I can appear to be super organized. And it's, it's funny because I'll have some people message me saying like, I'm a college student. What will your best advice be? And it's like, you don't need to figure out your full career path when you're a freshman in college. Like I thought I knew exactly what I wanted to do and it's okay to change. And it's okay to like realize that you've grown as a person and maybe what your interests that you, you love change. Um, and so, yeah, I'm super, super grateful that I took the job at Holmey. Um, and like I said, it was a super small company at the time. Um, and I met with the owner and she's like, yeah, you're going to be our sales intern, but I'm going to need you to do like packing boxes and also creating marketing materials. I was like, perfect. You just tell me what I need to do and I'll do it. And so, um, our marketing coordinator was in North Carolina and through homey, we would try to grow our following by collaborating with other companies. Like oftentimes it was peanut butter or, uh, like a pancake mix, something of that sort. Um, and they basically gave me the job of reaching out to these companies, having them send the product to Holmey. And then they'd be like, can you take this, develop a recipe, take a picture of it, and then post it on our feed for a giveaway. So truly what I'm basically doing right now um, through Brooklyn's Bites. And that gave me such great experience of understanding how to talk to brands. Um, we also did a lot of reach outs for like influencer marketing. So we would put together like different creative packets, kind of work with them on their packages and, and what we could afford to spend, what we couldn't, just sending them regular, keeping just basically keeping up with these people on Instagram and seeing if they went on their stories and they were like, oh, I'm out of the vanilla almond flavor. We just send them a package. And so I really got a good look at what influencer marketing looks like as well. And um, so they really allowed for me to kind of grow in that space. And there's a, a big expo in California that they invited me to go to called Expo West, um, where you get to be in this massive building with every single food brand you can possibly think of from the huge like PepsiCo's of the world to little small companies like Homey. Um, and I just really got a good picture of, of what it looks like to work in the food industry, which is exactly what I wanted out of that internship. Um, and it completely shifted my mind as far as what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And made me realize that's truly what I'm passionate about. And yeah, they are a huge reason that Brooklyn's Bites even started as well, which we can get into. Okay. Give me like a timeline. When did you start at Whole Me and when did Brooklyn's Bites come to be? Yeah. So kind of pre-Whole Me, I, it was my freshman year of college and that's when influencers started becoming a thing. Um, I started following Rachel's Good Eats my freshman year of college. She was a senior in college and was giving all of these like really great college food ideas, which at the time there was only a handful of people that were really doing anything differently. And um, it was Rachel's Good Eats, Shut the Kale Up, Rachel Mansfield, all those people that are like the big, huge influencers nowadays. I had started mm -hmm. following them when they had like 5,000 followers. Um, and I always thought like, wow, that'd be so cool to be able to share products that I'm finding or my recipes or, you know, little college budget hacks, but no one would care. And I also don't want anyone to find out like that would be so embarrassing if any of my friends found out. And I was a freshman in college, obviously really cared about what other people thought about me and, and girls can be mean and so can guys too. It's just, I didn't want to do anything out of normal because I wanted to develop these friendships in college. And so, um, Every time I'd see one of them post, I'd be like, oh, that'd be so fun. I just, that, that would be the goal is after, after college, maybe I'll do it after college. And so, um, that summer I went home and I still could not stop thinking about it. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to make up an Instagram account. I'm going to tell my mom and my sister and my best friend from high school. And 
I'm going to make my profile picture a smoothie or avocado toast or something where it, no one could distinguish that it was actually me. And I was like, what is a name that kind of relates to my name? And that's how I decided on Brooklyn's Bites. And I started posting, it was super irregular, like once a week, maybe. And, um, I got a message from someone from college. I still to this day, don't know how she found out or found this page, but she messaged me nothing bad, but it just said, Oh my gosh, I didn't know you had a food account. And I immediately was like, Oh my gosh, she's probably screenshotting this, sending it to all of the group messages she's in. She's going to tell everyone she knows everyone's going to find out I'm this weird girl posting food on Instagram. And so I deleted the account. Well, I, I guess I, I disabled it so I could still have the username with the thought in my mind when I deleted it, that like, maybe I'll do it again someday. And so I put it to the side and I still kept on taking pictures of my food. It never really stopped. Um, and I still in my head was like, gosh, I, I wonder what would have happened if I would have continued on with it. And so, um, when I was at Holmy, so I, that I started the account originally the summer between my freshman and sophomore year of college. And then I was at Holmy my senior year, I actually went for a fifth year because of all my major shifts. Mm -hmm. Um, so my, my senior year of college, um, I was doing all this work for Homey and every time I would develop a recipe and work with a brand, I just thought, how fun would this be if I got to choose which brands I was working with and I got to choose the recipes. And I was the one that these brands were reaching out to asking if they could send product because that's exactly what I love doing. And so I told myself if I ever started it again, that I would be at the point in my life where I wouldn't care if anyone knew that it was me who was doing that. And I'd be willing to shout it to the rooftops that, that I had another account that I was working hard at something, um, to share with other people. And, and my ultimate goal was to share what I knew that not a lot of people, that not a lot of other people knew. And I figured this out in college when I'd be cooking for my roommates and they're like, how do you cut an onion? And I'm like, oh, just like this type, type of thing. Or Brooke, what should I get at the grocery store this week? Or when you go to the grocery store, can I come with? And can you just get what you get? Because I love the things that you're showing me. And so I was helping the people in my life and I knew I would be able to help more than just my inner circle. And so I was actually sitting at the air, the gate of the airport when I was going to Natural Foods Expo West with Homie. Um, and I, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do it. If I'm going to do it, this is the perfect opportunity to, cause I'm about to go into this massive expo with all of these food brands, get all these ideas. It'll just be the perfect way to start it. And so I reactivated the account. I found a picture on my phone that I liked. I posted it on my Brooklyn's Bites account. I posted it on my actual Instagram account, my Facebook, every single platform that I had because it was also a way for me to hold myself accountable to say, you know, I'm doing this and I'm not going to back up. I'm not even going to have an option to posted it. And I shut my phone off. <laughs> I got on the plane because I knew if I had any time to think about it, I would probably delete it again. So I got on the plane and no Wi-Fi service opened my computer and just started writing down ideas that I had for posts or recipes or any of that. And so um, that's kind of how I, I started. And it, it was, kind of an inconsistent thing in college. Um, I wasn't super, super dedicated to it. And it wasn't really until probably about a year and a half ago that I had developed this vision of where I want this account to go and what I want it to look like and beyond just this Instagram account, what I want that to look like. So yeah, kind of a, an interesting journey to get to where I am, I'm at right now, but I'm honestly super grateful for it because any of my friends who come to me where they're like, I have this idea to create this card company. Do you think I should do it? It's like, yes, like mm -hmm. do not hold back, do it now. Don't wait three years to start it because then you're going to regret it because where would you have been if you would have started three years ago? So yeah, it is super, super grateful that I decided to do it when I was at the airport. <laughs> I love your story. Cause I think so many people can relate to feeling the pressure I mean what you were talking about of especially in college of just wanting to fit in wanting to make friends and it's really easy especially at that age and I mean even now as an adult sometimes we can get into that mindset of caring about what other people think but I think a big difference between at least for me when I was in college to now is I'm able to recognize that like oh okay I'm getting in my head a little bit people actually don't care. They, if anything, are going to be inspired by seeing 
you know, you go after your dreams or other people go after their dreams and the things that they're passionate about. But in college, it's hard to see it that way. It's easier to just be like, oh my gosh, everyone's going to think like, I'm just doing this like weird, absurd thing. And all I want right now is to fit in and be part of like a group of friends. And I think it's like so crazy because at the same time, you probably did have like amazing friends that would have supported you, but it's scary to like put yourself out there and tell them, Hey, I'm wanting to start this food Instagram and I'm really passionate about it because you probably didn't know how it was going to be received, but in the end, they probably would have supported you just as much as they do now. For sure. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because between since I started it and now some of those people that I, in my mind, were like, they're going to judge me so hard. They're going to make fun of this, have sense, message me, whether that be from high school or college or anything and being like, I love your account. I make this recipe all the time. It's just such sweet words. And it's, it's like, I worried about that for absolutely no reason. And again, like you said, people don't really care what everyone else is doing. They're more worried about what they look like. So yeah, it, it, it actually has translated to my real life as well. Like I I just have grown thick skin and I don't really care what other people think about me because I know what I'm doing and I'm very sure in myself that I'm, I'm doing this for the right reasons. And the whole point of my account is to help people. So if someone comes at me with a mean comment, I'm just like, well, they probably had a really bad day (laughs) and they're trying to find someone to take it out on. So, well, and I think it's like, you're saying it's coming back to your why, which your why is to help others and you made your account so that you could help even more people than your direct circle of friends and family. And I think when you are clear on your why behind wanting to do something, if it's starting a business, starting a podcast, a book, posting just something on Instagram, like if you have like a why behind it and people are going to come at you, which there's always people trolling, it always happens Mm -hmm. no matter what it is. I mean, I've posted about the fact that I had a C-section and I had people commenting on that about, well, why would you have a C-section? And I'm like, well, my doctor yeah. recommended it. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know what to tell you, you know, yeah. um, people always have things to say, but at the end of the day, I think if you are clear on your why and you feel like so strongly about that, like go after whatever it is that you're feeling called to do. I think I like you, I sat on the podcast for two years before actually launching it. And I like slowly like dripped it to my friends of, I think I'm going to start a podcast because I wanted to see what people would think. Cause I too was like really nervous. It's scary to put yourself out there with something you feel really excited and passionate about because you want it to be well-received. But I think at the end of the day, it's reminding yourself if I feel really strongly about this and passionate about it, that's what matters most. And other people don't have to get it as long as I get it. For sure. And especially like what I've found is you see people starting these little things, which is so exciting. And they get so nervous about what other people think that they just stop doing it or they do it halfway. And I think when you start something and you just put everything you have into it, people take you seriously, which Mm -hmm. makes a difference too. Cause they're like, well, she's, she's serious about this. Like she's, she's going to keep on doing this. This isn't like a, a phase you're in, or she's not going to post a podcast once a month and just like not post again for six months and just kind of come in and out. So I think when like you, I was just like, okay, I'm doing this. I'm going to go all in and I'm not going to hold anything back because to me, it wasn't worth it to just hold bits and pieces back if I'm I'm just going to do it full fledged. So, and you had mentioned earlier about, you know, you couldn't stop thinking about it after you had disabled it. And I think that's so true for so many people. If something is just like, lingering there and you can't stop thinking about it there's some quote about that it like if you can't stop thinking about it like act on it and it's so Mm -hmm. true because you only are going to regret not trying right like what's the worst thing that happens if you try it doesn't work out but at least you know that you put yourself out there and you gave it your all right yeah and I when I didn't have it I was like I would make a recipe I'm like oh I would totally post this if I had an account. I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I not just doing this? And then you get in your head, you're like, I don't have enough recipes like started. Like I should just wait to create some more content. And someone actually messaged me a couple of weeks ago asking how much content I had prepared before I actually started. And I was like, I had nothing. Like I, I didn't have anything. And I think that surprises people because you think you have to have like this grand plan, like you have to know what the next five years looks like for this. You have a full brand, a full, like whatever that looks like. And, um, one of my favorite podcasts to listen to is the skinny confident confidential. 
And she always says, launch and adjust. Like that is truly the best way to launch anything is you just, you got to do it. And then you'll adjust along the way. And she's like, you will always look back five years later and be like, what was I doing five years ago? And then 10 years later, you're going to be like, what was I doing five years ago? And it's, it's always going to be evolving. So yeah, I, I completely agree. My Maddie, she, this girl, Maddie, that I'm we're, I guess we could say we're friends. We're virtual friends through social media. Um, I found her randomly and she has a podcast and she always talks about if you waited to start till it was perfect, you waited too long. And it's mm-hmm. so true. Like if you wait till it's perfect, you waited too long. You just got to go for it. And for sure, exactly. You're talking about, you're not going to have everything ready to go. If you've got an idea and you feel really excited about it, just go with it. And I promise you, you'll figure it out as you go, because for you, mm-hmm posting about it before you got on that plane ride was probably the first step. And now it was like, oh shit, now I actually have to get the ball rolling and figure it out. Versus if you sit and try and make all this content and stuff, I find that's when you end up just like pushing it back and pushing it back and pushing it back versus just being like, Hey, this is happening. I'm doing X, Y, and Z. And then it's right. Kind of have to do it now. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. I, I completely agree. Um, So you talked a little bit about, you know, it was scary to put yourself out there, but then you felt like you were finally at this point where you really didn't care what others think. And it was just Mm -hmm. something that you were so passionate about. What do you think got you to that point of finally realizing I'm going to do this? And to me, it really doesn't matter what other people think, because I think that's a really common feeling that many people go through. And I'm just curious if you did any like self-development work or found that you were growing in different areas of your life that helped you to feel more confident in just going after something that you were so passionate about? Yeah. Well, I think first off having that, like starting it and then stopping it gave me that first initial, like it got those first jitters out of like, people are going to care. People are going to care because I told myself that I know what it's felt like to start something like that and be embarrassed of it. Not embarrassed is probably the wrong way to say it but just like nervous for other people to find out what people are going to think about me um that the second time around I was so confident that um I was going to help people and it was going to become what it is now like I knew that from the start and so I whenever I would get doubts in my head I would just continue to go back to my why like you said and just know that um I'm, I'm helping other people and there's obviously been little like humps of doubt. And then whether that be talking to mentors, I've definitely, um, reached out to people within, honestly, within people that I know, and also people that I just don't know, but I admire, I'll, I'll reach out to them and, and ask them what they do. And, um, that's really helped too. I remember when Instagram stories started coming out, which was after I had started Brooklyn's Bites the second time. And, I would watch all these people flip the front facing camera around. And I'm like, I will never be caught dead doing that ever. Like that is so I'm, I would be so awkward. That's going to be so embarrassing. But I found that like the people that I love to follow, the reason I started loving to follow them more is because I got to see what their life looked like and I got to see them talk. And so I went to this event that Rachel's good eats was speaking at. Um, and after the event was over, everyone left and she was just standing up there. So I'm like, I'm going to go up and talk to her and just kind of a tell her how much I admire her and how much she has impacted my life and kind of is part of the catalyst of me starting Brooklyn's Bites, but also get her opinion on, on what advice she would have for me. And so, um, I was chatting with her and she's like, well, show me your account. So I, I showed it to her and she's like, I think I was like, she goes, she goes, um, do you share your face on your Instagram at all. And I was like, not really. And she goes, I will start following you right now. And I want to make sure that over the next three weeks, you start posting with your front facing camera and that you are starting to post pictures of your face on your feed. Because I go to your page, I have no idea who you are. And yeah, you have you have really good food posts, but like, I don't, that's what, that's not why people follow people anymore. It's not just for the recipes. It's it's for someone as a whole. And that conversation honestly really changed my perspective on how I should be marketing myself. Not only like I'm the one who creates the recipes, but like, this is me, this is what I'm doing outside of being in the Mm -hmm. kitchen. And so, um, that was a conversation too, where she gave me a lot of confidence to start actually sharing pieces of my life that in my head, I'm like, people don't care about that. 
when in reality they do like people, I, I love following people who share their whole life. And, um, it's just conversations like those that continued to push me out of my comfort zone. And then now I I'll open my front facing camera and don't think about it. Whereas like I have those videos saved the first time I ever did it. I'm like, Oh my gosh, that was like so cringy. And again, I'm sure next year, the year after I'm going to look back at videos from this year and be like, what was she doing? So, um, just constantly growing, developing myself, not only, you know, developing who I am and I've grown a lot since as an individual, since I've started this account, which I think has helped, but, um, reaching out to mentors. That's, that's been a big thing for me too. I think mentorship and working with people that you find inspiring is so important because it, it helps to have a better understanding of, you know, what did they do to get to where they are? If it's something that you aspire to achieve, or even if it's just, you find them inspiring and you just want to know more about what it is that they're doing. I think for me, I started a business for moms and my co-founder Tierney and I, I'm like always on my Instagram with my face. And she was like, I don't have a selfie of myself on my phone. And I was like, what? I got so many selfies on my phone. (laughs) She's like, and I've never talked into the camera. And I was like, well, we're going to have to, we're going to have to start talking to the camera and we yeah. just launched January. And it's just, it's fun to have people that challenge you to step outside of your comfort zone because now she's honestly on the Instagram stories way more than I am for our business. And mm-hmm. I think, I think honestly, when you put yourself out into those situations, you're getting a little bit vulnerable too, because it's, it's kind of live. I mean, you can record it, but it's Mm -hmm. kind of live. It's just you there sharing what you're doing, talking about your day, maybe what you're going through. Like the other day I went to post something about a go green lemonade. Have you ever had a go green lemonade? Yes. They're so good. good. But (laughs) I post it and I was like taking a sip and it just went all over my shirt. And I was like, yep, sounds about right. Here I am. Go green down my shirt happy Wednesday or something. And it's like that, I mean, that is why people like to follow what you're doing because they think it's fun to see. I mean, I love when you post like Maddie's bites and like Matt's a yes. part of your social media because he's a big part of your life. And I'm sure yeah. your other followers like to see that too. And it is scary when you're, you're thinking about, you're like, well, I'm, I'm not my brand, but it's like, you are your brand. And right. you're the most important important part of it because I I was just looking at something someone just posted on social media. I think Jordan Dooley. I don't know if you know who that mm-hmm. is. Yeah. She just posted something like a reel saying, you know, like, why would I post this when there's so many people already selling the same thing? And it's like, because you're selling it different, you're doing it different, your product's mm-hmm. different because you're different. And it's like, that's like such an important message because there are thousands, millions of podcasts. Um, there's a lot of different, uh, pages for fitness. There's a lot of different pages for food, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, it's like, who is the face behind that page? That's what draws people in for sure. And, you know, I, I think about when I get kind of stuck in a rut, I'm like, what are the people that I love following doing that I'm not doing? Because Mm -hmm. there are a lot of things that I could be doing more of, and it's hard balancing this with a full-time I don't like to say that I have two separate full-time jobs because I try to treat Brooklyn Spites like a full-time job as much as I can with having an actual nine to five that, you know, that is my full focus. That is my number one priority but as it, we can't it, make recipes. It's a, it's if, a full-time thing running an online yes. business. Now that yes, we're doing yeah. Embolden, I'm, Tierney and I are, you have to teach yourself how to do all of the things because it's yep. just you because you don't have the funds and resources. So you are, you are running a full-time business on your own. Right. Yeah. So it's like juggling all this while still keeping that job that allows me to buy groceries for me to be able to make recipes and invest into my business. When I spend four months making an ebook and making X amount of recipes a week, like that is obviously my number one priority. And so sometimes Brooklyn's Bites obviously is the, the part of that, that takes the brunt of it. But I'm like, gosh, there's probably so many people who are following me who want to do something, but are also working a nine to five and don't understand how that works. I'm like, I could, I should share more about that because in my head, I'm like, who cares? Like nobody cares seeing that side of it. And they actually do. So um, yeah, it's just kind of taking a step back and realizing that the people that I love following, I know their favorite color. I know what they're doing next week. Like I know everything about them. And so 
um, that is just something that I try to keep in mind when I'm developing this brand as I, it's still developing. I'm still trying to figure out, you know, what that looks like for Brooklyn Spites, but I'm definitely excited for where it's going. Cause it looks a lot different than it did last time this year. So mm-hmm. I, I mean, what you're talking about, it, it's relatable content because there are probably a lot of people that do have full-time jobs and they might not even know that you have another job outside of Brooklyn's Bites mm-hmm. until you come on and you talk about the fact that you work at Target and then they're like, wow, she works at Target and she does this. I can totally do this. I need to push aside my excuses because I think it's really easy to let excuses also hold us back from going forward. Like, I don't have time to do this. I don't know how to create a post or a reel or a video. And you have to be willing to fail and get back up and keep going. But you also have to be willing to, I'm sure you've had to make sacrifices to be able to do all of the things that you want to be able to put so much energy into Brooklyn's Bites. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I dream every single day about the day that I get to wake up and just do Brooklyn's Bites. Like that has to be mm. like the best feeling. And I, I get that every single time I do a Q&A, someone asks like, how do you, this is so cool that you do it full time. And I kind of laugh that people even think that's a possibility because sometimes I'm like, I don't think I show up enough on here because I'm so busy doing this other thing. Um, and so, yeah, that is just, that's another thing that just kind of keeps me going and keeps me pushing forward is that end goal of being too financially support my family just doing this, which would be incredible. So has, has that always been the goal with Brooklyn's Bites or do you feel that each year it's starting to become more of like, wow, I, this could be my job. Like this, this could be what I get to do. Yeah. I mean, that was the dream at first. And I was like, there's no way I'd ever get to that point. And I would say over the past year, it's grown a lot to the point where I'm able to see the financial benefit of what that could look like if I was able to a continue to grow my following and b put more time into it. And I now see that that could definitely be an end goal where I'm able to financially support myself doing this. And so now that I'm able to see that that's a possibility, it makes me work even harder, um, to make that a reality. That's awesome. I mean, I give you so much credit for being willing to, you know, get beyond that imposter syndrome of like, why do I think I can do this kind of a thing, but like recognizing your why, and then also just like your willingness to keep on going. I mean, a lot of people could have just never reactivated their account, but you felt so strongly and so passionately about starting something for yourself and for others. And here you are years later and it just continues to grow and you've launched two eBooks, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is so yeah. exciting. And I, I would just love to hear more about, you know, your process behind Brooklyn's Bites because you post recipes and you've made your eBooks and you've done partnerships with other brands. And I know you and Megan just did a swap, which is so funny. Megan yeah. was one of the first episodes on my podcast. I saw that. I listened to that one. Yeah. So yeah, I love, I love Megan. She led, um, a cooking class. She came over to our house and led a cooking class for alchemy. I saw that. Yeah. That's, really fun. I was like, it's such a small world. Like I, we met on the internet and then I saw she was with you. I'm like, oh my gosh, so many interconnections. Yeah, it's, I yeah. know the world is so small. Uh, I was just talking to somebody else about this. They, oh, I'm leading a sober group of girls and each girl I know through different things. But, and it's just like so weird because everyone's like, well, how do you know Alex? And it's like all these weird connections that always end up happening. I feel like, especially in the Twin Cities. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I want to hear more about, you know, like what came to be at Brooklyn's Bites? Did you always envision yourself getting to launch an ebook or was that something that kind of came into fruition later on? Yeah. Well, I've always loved, I like, I've been collecting cookbooks for so long. I've always, when I get a cookbook, I sit down and go through it. Like as if I was reading a standard book, which is probably super weird to most people, but like I get my sticky pad out, bookmark every single page of every recipe that I'm interested in. And then, you know, I don't end up making all of them, but it's just such a nice, it's just so fun for me to go through cookbooks. And it's where I find a lot of inspiration. Um, and so when I started this account, another big dream of mine is to someday have an actual cookbook that is sold at Barnes Noble and Amazon and all the places other than just my website. 
Um, and so I had thought about that as like an end goal. And I'm like, what are some things I could do now to get me a little bit closer to that? And obviously an ebook is a much smaller scale than a cookbook kind of, but kind of gives the same feeling of what that process is to like, what is this, what is it going to be about? Because if I was going to create a cookbook, I wanted it to be narrow enough to a topic. That's not something that you can just go to my feed and find a recipe about. And so I had this period of time from when I graduated and I was working at Alchemy like two nights a week. Um, but I graduated in like May 20th, let's call it. And then my job didn't start until July 20th. And so I was like, how can I, while still working at Alchemy, make another source of income? And so this was your, this was your PYL. Yeah. This was yeah, your PYL was. goal when we did our goal setting. <laughs> I know. So I was like, okay, you know, I, I could launch an ebook. Like who knows? I, I know my mom will buy it. I know Matt will buy it. And I know my sister will buy it. And my grandma, I have four, four people who will buy it, but that's going to be a lot of work. So I'm going to pour myself into this ebook. And so I thought of the idea of summer recipes, because I feel like that's often times where people are going to barbecues and you're, you tend to kind of fall off the bandwagon as far as health wise, because you're always around food. That's a huge part of summer, at least in my experience, you know, you're going to the lake, you're bringing in a dish to pass or a dessert, something of the sort. And so I thought I would create an ebook with a bunch of recipes for the summertime that everyone knows and loves, but they're just made with better for you ingredients. So that was the whole idea behind the first ebook. Um, it was so much work. I had to learn how to like build a website on my own, which I've never done. I'm not a techie person at all. How to even design the ebook like that. I didn't hire anyone for either ebook. Um, so it was just a lot of work and it taught me how to use different parts of my brain. I haven't had to design something and probably since high school. So that was like a big chunk of time that I was, I filled during that two month period between when I graduated and my full-time job. And I was like, that was such, that was so much work. I don't know how I could ever do that when I'm working full-time. And so with COVID, I was like, I had a, a little bit of extra time on my hands. Like my commute was cut out. Um, we weren't doing anything. So I'm like, I could launch another ebook. And if I was going to do it, I wanted it to do a meal guide because that's what everyone would ask me about. And I would, I had been in the working world for a full year when I started to think about this idea, because I was forced to, when I was going into the office to prep my meals at the beginning of the week, otherwise I'd have to eat out or, you know, get something quick. It would, it would just not look great for my week if I didn't prep something on Sundays. And so the most common question I was getting was, what do you prep? How do you prep it? You know, what are some good foods to prep that don't go soggy? I need things that I can reheat or things that I don't need to reheat. And so, um, I used that question that I just kept on getting answered over and over again to have a solution for that. And kind of a one-stop shop for when I get asked that question, go to this ebook because it's not only recipes, but it's also like what I keep stocked in my pantry, what I keep stocked in my fridge, um, how I save money at the grocery store. Um, all of the tools that I use as far as, um, like common kitchen tools and also my meal prep containers, all of that is in this one book. And I wanted to launch it at the beginning of the year when everyone's kind of getting, um, on their feet with new year's goals. And a lot of the times people have a financial goal of, I want to save money and I want to stop eating out more. Well, the ebook will help with that. I want to lose a bit of weight. And one way I could do that is to stop eating out for lunch every day. The ebook will help with that. I want to X, Y, and Z all point back to the ebook. And so I worked on creating this ebook. It was a lot harder this time with a full-time job because also in Minnesota, the light, it's it's like light outside from 9 a.m. to three. Like there's just such a small window. Mm -hmm. So I had to prepare everything in the morning before I started work. It'd be in my fridge. And then during my hour lunch break, I would try to cram out like one or two recipes and have everything that I possibly could prepared beforehand so that I could shoot them over lunch, um, which I wanted to make sure if I was going to put a recipe in a book, it was tested more than three times because if someone's paying for it, I want to make sure they don't try it. And it's just a complete fail. Um, and so, yeah, that was a ton of work. Super proud of, of how it turned out. My sister actually built my website. Um, and so that took a lot off of me. And I also had already designed an ebook before. So it all kind of came back quickly, but um, still so much work, but I'm really proud of it. And I also was able to get um, a hard copy this time. So that was kind of a cool addition to have like an actual physical copy of my ebook. That's now next to all of the cookbooks that I, from people that I admire. So yeah, just kind of 
a long process, but something that is definitely worth it. I got done with that one. I'm like, I'm not doing this again for another two years. And now I'm like, well, what can my next ebook be? It's like, no, I need to chill for a second. And uh, yeah. But it has to be such a cool feeling to, you know, you're following your, your dreams and things that excite you and you're creating these books to help others. I mean, you're exactly talking about how a lot of people were reaching out and having these questions and needing your help. And now you've got these answers for them that is just so easy for them to have access mm-hmm. to. I I mean, I had, I think a lot of people can come up with the, the excuse of, I can't do this or I don't know how to do it. And you're literally saying how you like self-taught yourself to get through. And I think it's applicable for anything. If you're feeling like you're listening to Brooke's story and it's inspiring you to want to go after something that maybe you've been like putting on the back burner, do mm-hmm. it. Right. I mean, she's literally le- letting you know, like from the start of how she was feeling to now and all the things that she's, pro- she's been able to accomplish. I mean, did you imagine launching two eBooks in two years? <laughs> no. Yeah. I, th- I think about that often because I love my full-time job. It, it is a job that I dreamt of having since I started even thinking about the possibility of working there. And so I'm super proud of that. And I'm super proud of my relationship with Matt, with my parents, with my sister. There's so many things in my life that I'm proud of, but there's nothing that I'm more proud of than Brooklyn Spites. And some people might see that page and be like, oh, yep, just another count. But to me, it's like to think... If, if I would have seen where I'm at now, when I started, I would have never, ever believed it. So yeah, truly that is like any, anybody that messages me saying like, Hey, thinking about starting this, I'm like, Oh my gosh, just do it. Like, I don't even know what it is. Just do it because it's, if you're passionate about it um, and you put your mind to it, it, it can, the possibilities are endless. So when people reach out to you, it, are they letting you know, like, I have this idea and I'm fearful or I doubt myself or I'm uncertain if I'm going to be able to do what you've done. You do tell them like, Hey, this has been years in the making. Like I have to show up day in and day out and I'm still learning, um, how to grow this business. It's, it's a process or, you know, how do you, how do you encourage them to go after it? Yeah. I mean, a lot, most of the time people are like, I want to start something, but like, how do you grow your following? It's like, that is the question that I always ask other people who are 10 steps ahead of me. And I think it's funny that people ask me because in my mind, I'm like, I have so like so far to go that like, I sometimes forget the milestones that I have hit already. And so um, I don't have any secret magic equation to how I've grown my um, following, but I give them the the tips of advice that I've been given that have worked for me. Um, and just kind of encourage them to do it. And like I said, basically reiterate everything that I have heard that I have done and that I've seen growth from. And, um, from there, it's honestly, you can have everyone in your life telling you to do it, but you're not actually going to do it unless you believe in yourself. So there's only so much that you can say to people to get them to do it before they just step back and realize they can do it themselves. So I loved what you said too, about you got to celebrate your own progress because it's really easy to compare and see people at hundred thousand followers or millions of followers. And then you kind of lose sight of all of the growth that you've been able to accomplish. And so that comparison game can get, I mean, comparison. It can steal a lot of things when we get stuck in the weeds there. And, you know, when you find yourself in that, like, oh, I see them doing X, Y, and Z, how do you like flip that narrative for yourself? Yeah. You know, that, that is hard because even I, it's hard because followers are such a big thing, but at the same time, they shouldn't be like, I wish there was a less of an emphasis on that. Um, because it can be hard to see like, oh, well, she's got 20,000 followers. Like she obviously knows what she's doing. People would rather follow her than follow me. It's like, no, that's not true at all. Like truly at all. So I have to kind of disconnect and step back and be like, why am I feeling like I should be even comparing myself to them? Um, and I definitely struggle with that here and there. And it's super, honestly, it's very motivating to me to see people like hit these big milestones. Cause I'm like, yes, like 
I, that is incredible. And that's something that I want. So it makes me work even harder to get to that point. And sometimes I will go, it'll be a month where I'm like pumping out three recipes a week, posting every single day. And I'm getting like five new followers a day where I'm like, what, what else can I do to grow this more? And then the next month, my engagement from last month will be so high that when I post, it'll just kind of, it it just Mm -hmm. kind of, it doesn't make any sense. The logic behind like the algorithm. And I don't even know what the Instagram algorithm is. Like, I truly don't even try to keep up with that because it changes every single day from what it feels like. So I try my best to just focus on what continue to provide value because I know if I continue to provide value, people will come Mm -hmm. and versus like, how can I get more followers? It's like, what can I give more of to gain more followers or, or broaden that follower base as far as like something I've been trying to do is share different parts besides just food because I'm super passionate about safer skincare. So it's like sharing that side of my life also broadens the scope. And so, um, just sharing more things about more things that I'm passionate about, Mm -hmm. I think to just grow that scope of people that would be even interested in following me. Um, and like I said, I try to disconnect from that number as much as I can, because I know it doesn't equate to my worth or the, quality Mm -hmm. of content that I'm posting. Um, but it's just truly like slow and steady. Um, and I talk about that a lot with Courtney fit for me by Courtney is a, is a good friend of mine. And every time we get together, it's like, how do these people just like blow up overnight? Because both of us are sitting there, like sharing what both of us are doing and cheering each other on. And it's just good to have people that I know. Um, and I talked to Megan about this too. It's nice to have people within this, like smaller micro influencer community to kind of share like, Oh, well, should I be charging this? Oh my gosh, you charge that? Like, wow, that's, I should be negotiating Mm -hmm. this. Like, it's just helpful to have people that are doing the same thing and kind of growing with you, um, to help as well. And to your point, it, it, the follower, the, the idea of your worth being equated to followers. I loved what you said that your worth is not equated to that because it's not right. It's, you're making such a difference in so many people's lives. And I bet a lot of people message you about the recipes that they love of yours. And I see you resharing people taking you and their recipes. And I think that's what it's about is when people are letting you know, like, I love what you're creating, or I love when you're sharing this. I think that's way more exciting and probably more valuable to you than a number because you're actually hearing from the people that are investing in you and what you're doing and what you're creating. And then you're actually getting to like see and feel how you're helping others. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like I would rather stay at 6,000 followers for the rest of my life and get that some of the messages that I receive. I'm like, they're like, I don't mean to bother you, but, and it doesn't bother me at all. Like truly is what fuels my fire to continue because I'm just this girl in my kitchen making recipes. And sometimes I forget that other people actually make these recipes because I just see it on the internet or when people send me a message, it like truly makes my whole week. And I, um, yeah, that is, that means so much more to me than the number that is right next to my profile. So I've talked about this with a few other guests on the podcast about if you enjoy something that someone is creating on the internet or making their recipe or whatever it is, let them know, let them know if you enjoy the recipe or let them know that you Mm -hmm. enjoyed the workout that they posted, whatever it is, because they took the time to make that and create it. And it wasn't just something that they just did at the snap of their fingers, it took a lot of investment and it's something they're probably so passionate about. And you taking just a few moments to let them know the impact that your workout had on them or your podcast or your recipe, that goes so far. I've started screenshotting when people send me messages about the podcast because going back to like that doubt, when the doubt creeps in, you can go back and be like, oh, okay, what I'm doing, Mm -hmm. like, I'm doing it because I like, I want to start the podcast to help others. And it just makes you remember why you started and that you are making a difference for sure. And it's as since I've started kind of growing this page, I've had to get better about there's so many, like we are all so influenced by what we see online and there are like everything that I, I feel like everything I buy is because someone shared it or a workout. I, I do it because someone else shared it. And so taking the time to going to that person's messages and saying like, Hey, I just did this workout. It was so good. Thank you so much for sharing. Or I just got this shirt. I love it so much. Thank you for Mm -hmm. sharing. Like 
that means so much when I get a message. So I've been even trying to do better, even when it's like people with 500,000 followers, it's like, are they ever going to see this? I don't know. But if they do like, cool, because I'm sure that'll make them feel good next to all the other people that are like, your hair looks bad in this picture. I hate this. Like just, yeah, Mm. it is so great to, to receive a positive message. And I think everyone, including myself could get better about continue to giving credit where, where credit is due. And just, it makes someone's day to, to see a message like that. So definitely agree with you. A little bit can go really, really long way. For sure. My Brooke, my last question for you is what is the ripple that you want to create? Mm. Well, my whole kind of why behind this page is um, sharing recipes that, you know, you, I guess, let me try to think of the best way to, to word this. I would love to, when someone comes to my Instagram, see a recipe that they know and they love and they, in their head, negatively associate it with something that's bad for you. Um, and to see that you can make the food that we all know and love with better for you ingredients in a healthier manner and also give people confidence in the kitchen to do that. Um, and showing them like this complex recipe, here's exactly how, what looks complex. Here's exactly how you do that step-by-step really not difficult. The way that I present it, it looks way more fancy than it actually is. So giving people confidence in the kitchen to make more meals at home, because even going back deeper, like my parents really focused on all of us having family meals together. And my mom would make the dinner and we'd have it at the table. We'd wait till my dad got home and my family was always centered around food. And so that is something that I also have seen in my life where I love gathering people around food. And so you obviously need other than, you know, going out and getting food, you need confidence in the kitchen to be able to prepare food for the people that you love. And so just giving people that confidence and also sharing the little tips and tricks that I have um, is, I guess, the, the ripple that I hope to create. Love it. Where can the listeners find you? You can find me at Brooklyn Bites on Instagram. And I have a website that links all of my recipes. So if you ever are wondering where to find something, the search bar um, will help you find it. And that is also where both of my ebooks are located as well. And I'll have all of it linked in the show notes. Thanks again, Brooke. It was so fun having you on the podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And that's all we've got for you today. Until next episode, let's go out and start creating ripples. Oh,